And since it is Monday, it is time to check in live on the telephone with R.W. Estella with a word in edgewise. Good morning, R.W. Good morning, Allison. Not far into the importance of being earnest, playwright Oscar Wilde proceeds with a bit of banter between two of his key characters, Algernon Moncrief and Ernest Worthing, also known as Jack. Algernon protests to Ernest, who maintains that his name is really Jack. You have always told me it was Ernest, says Algernon. I have introduced you to everyone as Ernest. You answer to the name of Ernest. You look as if your name was Ernest. You are the most earnest-looking person I ever saw in my life. It is perfectly absurd you're saying that your name isn't Ernest. It's on your cards. Here is one of them, continues Algernon, taking one from a cigarette case. Mr. Ernest Worthing. Ernest, a.k.a. Jack, replies, Well, my name is Ernest in town and Jack in the country, and the cigarette case was given to me in the country. But Algernon persists. Come, old boy, you had much better have the thing out at once. Undaunted, Ernest Jack responds, My dear Algy, you talk exactly as if you were a dentist. It is very vulgar to talk like a dentist when one isn't a dentist. It produces a false impression. Of course, ever the Victorian punster, Wilde has his character Algernon fireback. Well, that is exactly what dentists always do. Thirty-some years ago, when many of us old guys of today were merely older young guys of the late 20th century, having worked our ways into the beginnings of whatever professions would fill out the next few decades, a group of us saw fit to do what we could to stay sane by pursuing what some would have called insane activities. Since many of us continue to lead professional lives in the public eye, and since even this radio station supports a certain sense of decorum, I'll refrain from elaborating on those activities, but suffice it to say that a wing and a prayer typified many an exciting moment. Early on in the 1980s, I met a dentist newly arrived in, in the Ellsworth area. He set up a modest office in Ellsworth Falls and soon was attracting a sizable number of patients. His quality procedures relied on two principal ingredients, top-notch work and comfort for the patient. Many a local began to refer to him as Painless Peter because of his merciful administration of nitrous oxide to keep the pain of the dental procedure to a minimum. Peter fit right into the Down East main scene. He worked hard as an artisan in his own right, rode a Harley-Davidson, and loved to go bird hunting. When Peter needed any aerial survey work done, he turned to me, and when I needed dental work done, I turned to him. In between times, we would catch up on our lives and how things were going. Once I was in California on a project, and at lunch, at lunch had chomped down on something hard, chipping a temporary crown that I had neglected to have made permanent when I was supposed to. Fortunately, a friend in California recommended a local dentist who came to my assistance. When he had removed the remains of the temporary crown and revealed the root canal that lay below, the California dentist marveled. Wow, he explained. Who had a re- you had a real artist working on that tooth. The California dentist looked at the other work that Peter had done and in turn bestowed similar accolades. Of course, I had recognized the caliber of Peter's work from the beginning. I've been fortunate to have friends who are really excellent at what they do. And when friends such as these suddenly become absent from our lives through cancer such as the sort that Peter fought for some time, we're left with a stark reminder that their strengths, 
our strengths are essentially fragile. These lessons are perhaps the most difficult of our lives. Peter Meyer, our dear friend and dentist par excellence, taught us this yesterday evening when he departed this earthly realm. We pray for his wife, Helen. From our domain, 